Hey, 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 hey. Uh, welcome to the Pack Hoops Pod. It's the second episode of the new season. And in studio here with me is Professor Paul Mitchell of the Reynolds School of Journalism. And if you ain't know yet, I'm hella excited to have him here. Um, big fan of women's basketball, bigger fan of journalism. I'm gonna let you take it and introduce yourself. Really appreciate that. I, I am a big uh, uh, basketball fan, and especially women's basketball. Um, I don't know if I told you, but my mother played college basketball. My mother oh, that's is interesting. In, yeah, my mom's in the Hall of Fame at uh, Cheney State University. That's where she went. Oh shit! To okay. play basketball, and so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm real proud of my mom. She taught me. I mean, I'm proud play. of her. I don't even know her, so like that's that's dope, though. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I remember when I went to her uh, Hall of Fame induction. And uh, sitting there talking to her coach, who I had never met. I'd never met her coach. And so I got to talk with her. And um, what I noticed was how her work ethic transcended sport. And, you know, my mom's got a Ph.D. from the University of Pennsylvania. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a big deal um, to, hear the, to hear the coach talk about how tenacious my mother was as a defender and as a scorer, so women's basketball is big to me. I take my kids to every every women's basketball game here at the University of Nevada. And I feel like before we go any further, obviously, we have to acknowledge how great Professor Mitchell's voice is. I mean, like you hear mine and then you hear his and it's like, this is soothing. But yeah, uh, I was going to ask actually, like, yeah. how did you get like hella interested in women's basketball? But you know, you yeah. kind of just told the story of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's been something that's been part of my life ever since I was a kid. Okay. And so I just I just passed that on to my kids. I got a question, though. Mm-hmm. WNBA Finals, did you see it? I did not. I did oh not God, see no! it. Oh, my God, no! I did not see it, and I was so upset that I did not see it. It was it was the most intense finals probably in, like, five years or so. Well, it was it was intense. Well, Della Don is is from my area. She's right, from she's right. from she's from Delaware. I know. Yeah, I'm from Philadelphia, and so you know, I I remember I tweeted something out to her. I'm still judging Professor Mitchell for not seeing WNBA finals. <laughs> by the way, huge judgment oh, over man. here in studio. And and I never miss them, but this year school got in the way, uh, life got in the way, my kids got in the way, and so I wasn't able to uh, to watch it like I would normally watch it. I kind of get into the basketball now. I just kind of, I don't want to say discovered, but I just found out how amazing women's basketball was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. As someone who's seen it like his whole life, what's like the thing you appreciate most about it? Well, to me, the women's game is, is the purest game. It's about, it's about skill level. It's about athleticism. It's also about execution. When you couple all of that, to me, that's the, that's the purest form of the game. So I like to I like for my my kids to see it. I, I have twins, a, a boy and a girl, and I really like for my daughter to see powerful women out there playing. No, at a they're high sneaky level. athletic. Like yes. you, honestly, until you kind of watch the game closely, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you don't realize how athletic those, oh, those no women are. Like, and you don't realize how how strong they are as well. I mean, imagine going up against them; they gotta be buddying me. Like, yeah, hell. oh yeah. But I think the biggest thing I kind of appreciate about it is that you can't take for granted that you can always jump out the roof. And so right. you got to work the angles. You you can't avoid passing the ball. Exactly. You have to pass. You have to be able to pass the ball you, well. Exactly. You, you have to you, cut off screens well. Point guard has to know where everybody is on the court. 
I mean, there's there's a lot of strategy that goes. Yeah, into it's, the it's a very game. like tactical and technical yes. game. Yes, it is. And I see a lot of people who kind of feel like they're just not interested. You know, mm-hmm. like they they respect it, but they don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, if you had to say something to them, if you had thirty second pitch to them, mm-hmm. what would that pitch be? Well, I mean, you can't expect the women to go run and dunk all the time, but basketball is more than running and dunking. And if you watch the NBA, if you notice during playoffs, there are very few guys who are dunking the ball. Is no one running and dunking? Not in, not in the playoff game. Nuts? In regular yeah. season, everybody's running and jumping and dunking. There. But when it's, come, when it's playoff basketball, you don't see a whole lot of dunks. And I think that's the purest form of the game. So the women's game is like that all the time, not just one portion of it. It's like that all the time. Okay, so here's my pitch. It's like if you think about all the games you like, all the games you remember, you don't remember them because Jordan dunked mm-hmm. over four people. Mm-hmm. You remember them because the score was tied 95. Right. And then Jordan scored Another bucket, and that was it. And competition doesn't go away exactly. when it gets into the women's game. Mm. That intensity, that competition, it's all still there. Right. The reason we love basketball are for the storylines, the drama, the competition, and all of that is just still there. I mean, for me, I'm watching a league grow, and that's something I cherish as well. Mm. It's just, you know, because I hear about the NBA back in the day, and there's something about those years where, you know, people were still kind of figuring things out. You know, there wasn't like a whole encyclopedia on what you could do and everything. Right. There was still a lot of stuff that we were playing by the ear, you know? Right. And it's it's like the same thing now with a W. It's like there's still a lot of stuff that's being figured out. There's still a lot of talent that's still trying to figure out where, where do they fit. You get the intensity. You get the competitiveness. You get the drama. Mm-hmm. And you get to watch the league grow. Yes. That's pretty dope. And speaking of growing the league, mm. you were, for a while, and I'm not sure if you still do it, were a recruiter for the basketball teams here at UNR. Well, I get I get called quite frequently to go and talk to the kids and, and maybe their parents, a prospective student athlete. Um, it's, not just, it's not just basketball. It's volleyball. It's football. It's softball. It's, it's everything. What's so, that like, though? Uh, I think it's pretty cool to be able to go and, you know, talk talk to parents about this institution and prospective students about the potential of playing at an institution like this. And you know, you know, I got to ask, though, where do you usually take them to? Like, everyone's got a spot where they know when I take them to these spots, I'm going to get them. Well, it's funny because uh, I, I remember, I, I don't want to say who it was, but there was a basketball player who's from the East Coast. We were from the, pretty much the same area. And um, so I'm talking to the parents and, and I'm talking to the young young person. And the person's mom said, oh, they know what they're doing. You're the closer. You're the closer. And I just started laughing um, because I, I, I knew what she was saying. I she mean, she's saying, right, though. Well, you know, hopefully that, uh, you know, the, the parents and the student look at um, the things I talk about and see the potential for them, for the family, and for that prospective student. And I mean, I'm going to tell you now, I've seen Professor Mitchell work his magic. You know, <laughs> being able to connect the students to something Professor Mitchell enjoys a lot. He's going to call that young brother, so it's going to be like, 
hey, you know, how's this going? How you want to do this? And then by the time that conversation is done, oh my goodness, you can see the light in their eyes and it's like, oh, they just found something. <laughs> so when he says, here's the clothes, I mean, I get it. I'm not going to lie. I've had that conversation and I'm going to tell you now, very, very persuasive. If I was a student athlete, I would be playing that, you know. But when you start to do that for a while, every student athlete starts to look the same. Mm-hmm. How did you kind of make sure you were able to recognize that each person is an individual you've got to connect with that way? Well, there's there's no difference between me talking to a prospective student athlete and me talking to a journalism student or any student. You have to treat them as individuals. You just can't lump everybody in to one one thing. I mean, there are some kids who are real quiet. There are some kids who are kind of verbose. They'll talk, you know, they love to talk. So you really are watching them. You're watching their parents and the interaction that the parents have with their kid and gauging that and you're gauging their interest in me. So, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into um, how I'm going to approach a kid find out a little bit about them before they come. So I think that that's important. What's the hardest knot you had to crack? Like, who was the, the most difficult one that either got away or that you managed to close? You could, you could do both. Okay. So the hardest one that got away and the uh-huh. hardest one that you got closed. The, the hardest one that I closed on, that's easy. That was JaVale McGee. No way. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was I'm cool. sitting in a room with the person who got JaVale McGee to UNR. So, like, yeah. this is this is basketball history, people. <laughs> this is basketball history. Come on. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that one, that one was uh, – it, it was funny because uh, Mark Fox was a basketball coach at that time. And, you know, his staff would set up a, a conversation, but – this time, you know, the phone rang. I look, and it's Coach Fox. I'm going, oh, okay, what's what's going? On? And he he got on there, and he said, Mitch, you know, I I need you to bring your A game. I need you, I really need you to bring your A game this time. And um, it worked out. I met with Javale. I met with Javale and his mother. Uh, his mother has a, a huge influence on him. Oh yeah, and his sister um, too, and his, and and her her yeah. sister, yeah. yes, the the twins, who were phenomenal basketball players um, during that time, won a national championship, um, and she played at a high level wherever she went. High school won a championship, college won a championship, WNBA won a championship. So she knew the game. Um, there's no sweet talking your way through that one. And, you know, she she could cut through a whole lot of a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I remember having having that conversation with her and with her son. And I remember at one point during the trip, she said to me, you know, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't I wasn't expecting this. And she said, you know, it's 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 not good to make a decision um unless you think about it. You have to really think about it. But this was a really positive uh, visit. And I just let her talk. I didn't say anything. I just listened to her. And uh, a couple weeks later, found out, yeah, you know, he's coming, which meant she's coming. And uh, that's, how that, that's how that went. The one that got away was a young lady. Huh. And I think that the assumption was that, that many people thought that she was going to come. 
and uh, it ended up that she did not come. Oh, yeah. You're still on the Pack Hoops pod. Uh, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Stitcher, Breaker, wherever you want to get your podcast from. Don't forget to like, subscribe, give us a rating, recommend to your friends. You know, it's women's basketball. It's amazing. Don't miss it. I've still got Professor Mitchell from the Reynolds School of Journalism here with me. I kind of feel like we could go on just, you know, talking about Professor Mitchell. But this is a podcast about the women's basketball team, so we're going to try to stick some of that in, you know. As a fan, what's your feeling right now? Man, I've been I've been waiting for this for the last several waiting. months. Same. Oh my God. And so, you know, I see the I see the kids. I'll go up to practice sometime to watch the kids and uh see them in the weight room. Um the summer, uh I was trying to hook up something because they went to uh they went to Italy. They went to Spain. Excuse me, they went to Spain. And before they went to Spain, they stopped in Philadelphia. And I was trying to hook up something to get them cheese steak, get them get them an authentic Philly cheese steak, but it didn't work out because oh, I had to, I had to fly somewhere, and I couldn't connect with my people, so I missed out on getting the kids because I was going to spring for them to get get cheese steaks. No, I, I and cheese steaks. honestly, I've been in America a year and maybe two months, and I know about Philly cheese steaks. So, really, really wish they had that. I've been excited for, for this thing to begin since the finals ended. It's like WMA finals ends, college season is here already. Yeah. It's a new team. That's mm-hmm. kind of the biggest thing. And I've been telling myself I don't want to have any expectations for the team. But at the same time, you know, anytime I see them, I kind of just get a little excited. It's like mm-hmm. I kind of feel like they can do something. Mm-hmm. Do you, what's your expectation like for them this season? Well, it was funny because uh, last week I was standing out in front of the J school and um, I was I was looking for someone who was supposed to be delivering pizzas to our program. And I hear this, hey, what's up, Dr. Mitchell? And I turn around and it's one of the women's basketball players. Well, there are about four or five of them. And everybody, you know, we're shaking hands. Everybody's getting each other a pound and everything. And... I'm standing there as they walk away, and I'm thinking, I am so excited for this year. I cannot wait for the year to begin. There's so much potential on that team. Coach uh, Amanda Levins is, to me, is an amazing woman. Uh, I've known Coach Levins for a long time because she used to be an assistant coach here uh, before leaving and then coming back. Um so I've known her for a long time. We've we had we've had a history. And when Coach Levins was here the first time, she helped recruit a lot of players and they won. They won at that that particular time. And then they had some down years and here she comes, she comes back. Right, and she she's infusing a lot of energy. A lot of energy. Things is fe- feeling very exciting again. And yeah. The, you know, the first the first year, um, she didn't have the greatest talent. Um, and then they they went and almost won a championship her first year. Yeah, that's pretty coach. amazing. It was pretty amazing. So last year, you know, the expectation is kind of high, but not really because she had all, you know, so many freshmen coming yeah. in. So this year, 
um, now she's got a combination of sophomores and some J- some JC kids, some transfer kids, yeah, and some some you know some specialty kids, sniper kids, kids who can shoot the three, kids who can rebound. It's kind of why I've been excited actually. It's kind of what because I feel like you know all the freshmen from last year, mm-hmm. they have one year now mm-hmm. having learned how to play one. Mm-hmm. College basketball, mm-hmm. two coach eleven system, which mm-hmm. is hella demanding, mm-hmm. and just there's also just the added, you know, it's not pressure, but just the added excitement, the added opportunity of proving themselves, and sure. I feel like they want to take that, mm-hmm. you know. And then you've got the upperclassmen who've kind of been around college basketball well enough to kind of provide the steady hands and the steady heads. And I really think that, you know, they could do something. I'm not going to go on a limb and say they're going to win a championship or anything, but I really feel like they could surprise a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I'm coming from. It's like, I'm not going to have any expectations, but every night I'm expecting them to surprise people. Mm -hmm. But that's another thing kind of been thinking about, though. With a lot of, you know, Lasha's freshman class still intact, and then you've got the upperclassmen coming in. Who do you think, who do you see Coach maybe leaning on more in terms of minutes, in terms of roles, in terms of who gets to, you know, in the fourth quarter, minutes to go, who mm-hmm. gets to dictate how the game ends? Well, I think that she's going to depend heavily on Ebony. Um, she's one player that, that she's going she's gonna to heavily lean on uh, for ball handling, someone who can control the offense make good decisions, make good passes. And, you know, there's some other folks on the team who will follow her lead. So she's going to be someone that they're that they're going to rely on heavily. They have some transfer kids who are just really, really good athletes. I mean, yeah. They can run, can jump, can shoot the ball, nowhere to get on the floor, aggressive, um, and just good teammates. And so – I think that she's going to really rely heavily on those guys as well. The thing that is impressive about this year's team is the depth. They're they're considerably deeper that than, what, yeah, they, than sure. what they were last year. So I think that um, you know she won't be afraid to, to go up a bit. Yeah. with you know the 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 tenth, eleventh, twelfth person, um, and there won't there won't be so much of a drop off they're you know they're going to still be able to compete and that's at the a high thing level. that's the thing i feel like amanda's never being afraid to go way deep into her bench right. like last year even with like the freshman class mm-hmm. there were games where she was just like you know i'm gonna put who i want on the floor yeah. because i've not been seeing what i wanted from people who were playing before right and she's gonna leave with the results like right. she demands that they play a certain way with effort right with attention, with focus to detail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're not going to control the results. You, you can't really control if the ball goes right. in the net or not. All you can do is play the right way. And I feel like that's that's the biggest thing I kind of appreciate about her is mm-hmm. how her focus every night is making sure they play the right way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's something you never lose. Mm-hmm. And that's something, if you talk to any pro, that's the first thing like coaches want from you. Right. Everyone's not going to be Deladon. Everyone mm-hmm. is not going to be Maya Moore, mm-hmm. right? And so when you have to play in a very fixed role, mm-hmm. can you do that with discipline? Mm-hmm. Can you actually execute 
the very precise things the coaches ask of you, which is what I think Amanda's trying to set them up for. And even beyond basketball, that's something you carry. That's something right. that you will have with you where you understand the discipline to execute the roles you're given. Right. If, if you become a pro basketball, if you don't, you understand that discipline. But last week, I talked about five players I'm excited about, and I kind of want to see your feeling about them. And the five of them are... Imani Lacey, who I think is their best player right now. LaPrea Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got DJ Hamilton. You've got Dom Phillips. And you've got Jacqueline. And why I'm excited for them is I feel like Imani, obviously, is their best scorer right now. Mm-hmm. Deja is someone in that guard position who can be very shifty. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the more shifty ones they have currently. Jacqueline is a sniper. Mm-hmm. Holds the records for threes and in her JC. Mm-hmm. Dom is a freshman, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like she is one of the better athletes on the team. Mm-hmm. She can score inside out. And she has way more touch than I would have expected from a freshman. Mm-hmm. I've seen her work out a few times when, you know, they had the practices before they went to Spain. Mm-hmm. And I was I was blown away, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably higher on her than I should be, but I'm buying that stock. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, LaPrea Johnson is, is also one of those shifty guards who, you know, tends to get where they need to get to and mm-hmm. can score a lot of points, right. you know, if, if given the opportunity. And I'm wondering how you feel about those fives. Mm-hmm. Do you expect them to be core? Maybe not. Who among those five do you maybe expect to stand out? Mm-hmm. Who among those five do you think maybe needs another year? Okay. Well, I'm going to back up because you said, you know, you don't know if you expect them to win the championship. I, I look at it this way. Uh, I don't think that Coach Levins is going, you know, let's be second best here. Let's be that third is true. best here. Let's be fourth. No, 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 no. She's, she's, she's always on she's, that. We can do we, this. We can do this. And I think that um, when you get buy-in from, from, a core, from the core, then there is nothing that can stop you. So – yeah, I'm expecting a championship. That's, <laughs> uh, well, that, that's, that's my fun. expectation. I, I you know? like it. I like so, it. You know, it's always nice to have different expectations, yeah. and I'm not expecting anything less, yeah, to yeah. be honest. Co- Professor Mitchell has been a fan for way too long <laughs> to expect anything yeah. less, so that's understandable. That's exactly right. So when I when I dissect the, the talent on the team, to me, I start with Deja because Deja has all the ability in the world. Deja, to me has the ability to go to the next level. If she if she just focused, if she just focused on what it is that she can do, but she's the type of kid who is so athletic. When you watch her sometimes It feels like she's gonna jump out and, the roof. And you you know, you you look and you're going, Did she really did she really just do that? I mean she has that kind of ability. So I'm really disagree. I'm I'm really I'm really high on her. You know, the others like you said, there's so much potential in terms of, of I think that they're going to be a better three-point shooting team, team yeah, this year. Yeah, it might be. And I think that they'll be much more controlled. They'll, they'll, they'll control the shot clock better. I think that they will, um, they will be fewer turnovers because you have that mix of veteran backcourt people and youthful backcourt people and and frontcourt people. And so I think that you're going to see the ball turned over fewer times. I think in the beginning, you know, they're going to have some challenges, but I really think that once they start to gel, they're going to be they're going to be pretty good. 
You're still on the Pack Hoops pod. Uh, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts. Don't forget to like, subscribe, give us a rating. Funny story though. So before the before the basketball season started last year, I go to the basketball court at the gym, and you know, games are going on and on two to three courts that are mm-hmm. there. And there's this game happening in the center court that is hella intense. You can tell that at least one or two of these people here must be on the varsity team. Mm-hmm. And then Deja comes in. I don't even know her then. Mm-hmm. And she just joins one of the games. And I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then she bombs the first three, second, and third. And then literally everyone on that court is just looking like, okay, where, who, why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like hell impressed that day because she wasn't backing down from any challenges. Mm-hmm. She was bodying up on defense. Mm-hmm. She was trying to get to the cop. Like, wasn't afraid of, you know, who she might meet there. Maybe, mm-hmm. okay, I might get blocked or right. someone might be a little physical. And I was just like, okay, that's the kind of aggressiveness you mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. to kind of be a pro player, to be honest. Yes. You've got to, like, believe in your talent so much that mm-hmm. you never get to go up against anybody. Mm-hmm. And so when you do say that, you know, she just has that much potential, mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, it was funny because last year I spoke to her at the start of the uh, of the season, and she, she said coach challenged her to play defense, and mm-hmm. she just decided to play defense. And you watch throughout the season, her defense kind of improved. And I'm like, really? That's all I had to take? You, the coach just got to ask you that you're good at defense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that it? Well, well you know, it's, it's, it's a little more to it than that. I mean, you have to, you have to, you have to buy in. You know, when the first time the men's team went to the Sweet 16, they had guys who were really good offensively. They had several guys who were good offensively. But they needed one person to just set the tone defensively. And when that – when those guys accepted their roles, then it was they were unstoppable. And that's the way I look at this team. If some of the ladies can accept their roles. Because a lot of times when you come in, you've been the star player, which yeah. means you've been getting buckets and you've had no problem getting buckets. Now all of a sudden, you know, not only are you playing ladies who are just as big and just as physical as you are, you know, by January – your season's over. Well, you're just kind of getting started on, on the college level. So now you're going in the league play, and your season is long, and you still have months to go before March Madness. And so, you know, that adjustment, I think, was something that is big, when, especially when you have a large freshman class, you're incorporating some, some, you know, some things that a lot of the kids haven't been through. So, yeah. So then – you know, at that point, it's okay. I got to get some veteran kids, some some veteran young ladies to surround them with. You know, I mean, I looked at Emma last year, and Emma has real potential, but Emma, I think, got tired. It was so much. You go yeah, on, holy yeah, I mean, smoke! I that's true though. That's like the biggest thing, and you hear it over and over and over again from you know people who go from high school to college is just adjusting to one the pace of the game mm-hmm. how physical it is mm-hmm. and how much more you know strenuous it is yes. and when you've kind of gone through that mm-hmm. you can kind of learn you know mm-hmm. maybe the ways 
to help your conditioning, right. maybe the ways to pace yourself, whatever it is you need to kind of get through the whole slog of, yes. of of the season. And and you're playing you're you're playing at altitude, you know, so you're you're above sea level and you're playing and you're playing at a high level and the coach is asking you, okay, I don't need you to get buckets, but I need you to stop that other person from getting buckets. That's a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy that you have to burn and it's a mentality, it's a mind shift that you have to make within yourself that, okay, we got so-and-so who can score, so-and-so over here can score, and they want the ball hit here or they want it over We're here. There. And so if I can do those little things that are going to help the team get better, then that's my role. That's what I'm going to have to do. And, you know, wondering about, you know, the slog that is the, you know, basketball season schedule i wonder if maybe that kind of informed you know the non-conference schedule the coach did this year because last year they had hella hella talent in in that non-conference schedule Mm -hmm. and it felt like just going through from um october to december Mm -hmm. was like an entire season on its own oh no question yeah Yeah, because they played some really really good teams Mm -hmm. but this year I'm not going to say the teams aren't good because that's that's not just that's just not true, mm-hmm. but not quite as you know as as maybe competitive as last year's teams. Mm-hmm. Is that something coaches think? Okay, maybe a lot more changes. Got to give the team a little more time. Don't throw them right into the middle of the fire. Is right. that is that something they might consider? Oh, no question. I mean, I think that you know. Um, you're looking to build a team and you're looking to build confidence within your team. So, you know, you just can't. I remember years ago, um, uh, they played Baylor. Okay. And, and, it's be rough. and they, they played Baylor, and I think it was like their first or second game. And Baylor had a point guard, and that ball was like a yo yo. I mean, she was dribbling around and, and nobody could stop her. She's, you know, she's playing at a high level. And not only could she control the tempo, she could get her own bucket whenever she wanted to get her own bucket. But, okay, uh, that's rough. So you know <laughs> you're, you're playing when you play a, a, a team that has a veteran point guard, it's very very difficult. And so I remember they played that they they played them and got they just got blown out. And it was it was tough to kind of build when something like that that happens it can be kind of demoralizing you know I think the best thing quite honestly for for this team uh, was a a couple years ago when they played UConn when UConn came here and uh, they played UConn and they saw what real basketball at that level is like and what was interesting was the kids didn't get intimidated they they didn't win they lost by 30 but what happened was they you could see them getting better over the season, you know. And so I think that Coach Levins is looking at, okay, we're starting at this point. We have X number of kids who are returning. We're going to bring in some veteran kids. And we're going to – let's get us gelled so that by the time that we get into conference play, we're going to be ready. And you know, just just talking about the changes as well, there's been a lot of changes on the staff as well. Like this mm-hmm. this year has been just a year of turnover, like mm-hmm. completely. Again, huge shout out to coaches 
Sybil Acutcher's. I can't remember her name now, but she's at Cal State now, mm-hmm. and I'm like he- hella excited for for you know the new opportunities. Mm-hmm. But all of that changes. It's easy to see how you know maybe changes on the court affect the team, but how do changes off the court, like with staff, mm-hmm. maybe um, carry over to how the team plays or what the team does? Well, you know, I think that it, it depends on the team. It depends on who recruited who and, um, you know, all of those things play play a factor in this. Um, but this year for, for this particular team, the head coach was, remains the same. She's going to have a couple people that only like one or two of the kids remember from actually playing. They, some of them may have played with this, with, with this young lady. But the rest of the team, you know, these are people who they've had a relationship with. Um, and so I just think that it's just, it, I don't think they're going to miss a beat, quite honestly. You know, just on a, on a final note with the women's basketball team, if you had to put a number, and, you know, a lot of you don't like numbers, but I do, what do you think their record is at the end of the season? I think they're going to win somewhere between 17 and 20. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to be a little more conservative and say 14 and 17. Mm-hmm. So we've got 14 to 20, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I usually like to get, you know, outside of, of Nevada a little bit. ESPNW released the top 25 mm-hmm. uh, preseason. And you had the, you know, regulars. You had the Oregon. Uh, you had Oregon. You had Stanford. You had UConn, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Notre Dame, interestingly, was was sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe they ranked a little too low? Mm, they, they, they lost a lot of firepower yeah, from last year. Yeah, they did. They lost basically they the lost, entire score, yes. essentially. Right. But I feel like good programs do this thing where no matter who goes and comes, mm-hmm. they stay good. Well, they have one of the best coaches in, 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 in all of women's basketball. I mean, that lady knows how to get it done. And so she's she's basically going to reload. And, and and my guess is she probably doesn't mind the fact that they're ranked 16. Because she's looking at it like nobody's going to expect us to do anything. Do anything, yeah. But but we know that she's Once gonna, the season she's starts, gonna, then. She, she's going to come out with something. And they're going to they're gonna be pretty good. I think there'll be a work in progress over the year. But obviously they're going to get into the tournament. It wouldn't surprise me if they get to to the Sweet 16. Elite 8 would not surprise me. No, no, at all. And I'm very excited to say this. And I I say I'm very excited because Coach is probably going to be interested in this. Maryland is ranked fifth, Mm -hmm. surprisingly. Like, out of nowhere, I'm guessing they've had a very very strong recruiting class. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be watching for them this year? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to be good. I mean, when you're when you're in in the in the recruiting hotbed where they are, Maryland, uh, Delaware, uh, Pennsylvania, New York, uh, they're going to attract some. And I mean, Baltimore, they have some of the top talent right there. You know, so they're going to be they're going to be tough. When I look at the, specifically the Mountain West, which Nevada is in, um, Boise State's going to be good. They're going to be good. And there are a couple others who are, who are going to be good. But I think Nevada is going to be good, too. Yeah. And obviously, um, Sabrina Ionescu came back for one more year. Oregon is ranked number one. Mm-hmm. Unfinished business. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of rooting for them mm-hmm. to, to win it all. Um, still a long season, though. 
we'll see how he goes. Gonna be excited for Nevada. We're also gonna be excited for women's basketball in general because it's another season of college basketball, and there, there's no way that that's not exciting. It's just it's another season of college basketball. That's that's all you need to say. Like no matter who the team is, no matter you know who's playing, all of it is exciting. Well, that's all we have time for. Professor Mitchell, thank you for joining me in thank studio. You for me. Appreciate it so much. Uh, you know, you had the most exciting stories. His voice is amazing, obviously. <laughs> and uh, don't worry, I'm going to get him back in studio sometime, <laughs> some other time. Trust me, I'm going to get him back in studio some other time. Uh, but that's all. That's all I have for now. Uh, see you all next time. Don't forget to subscribe, like, rate, recommend, share with your friends. Bye.